Marty up. not a Tom DeLonge guitar. Hey, Mom. There it's was, a Stratocaster there that's was, seafoam green. No, he he played a specially designed Telecaster that he took all of the pickups out of, and it only had one pickup. So Tom DeLonge's guitar only has one sound, at least the, the Bleak 182 version. Well, you're full of shit. No, I'm not. I'm completely full of I'm shit. I'm not full of shit. That, this is, that guitar was released around the time I was learning guitar, and some of my friends had that guitar. Well. I and I remember thinking... What, you just want to sound like Blink-182? Like, I was learning to Blink-182 songs, don't get me yeah. wrong. But, like, I was like, you just want to sound like Tom DeLonge? Get real. Still don't believe you. That's anyway. not... That's, what do you mean? There's, it's, it's, it's a fact! It's, Listen, if Rudy Giuliani taught us anything, it's that facts are not facts. I know about guitars. You're, you don't know about guitars. You're talking about alternative facts. I'm not talking... I'm talking about alternative rock. Listen. Listen. Look, no. T- tensions are high... It is so, it's so goddamn humid, it's so in, this humid in this city. Oh it's not God. even hot, is the thing. It's like in the 80s, which is in my book is not hot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's in the 80s, but man, it but feels it just, like it's 150,000. It, I walk outside and I'm immediately just drenched, and I recently cut off all my hair. <laughs> so now, like, 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 my hair isn't drenched, but my body is. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh yeah, I don't. I'm not walking around with a towel on top. You look like you were in a big wet t-shirt titty contest. Oh man, and I won. Oh man, (laughs) when you can win a wet t-shirt contest in a black Mm t-shirt, you done accomplished something, y'all. Yes, sir. (laughs) And that's really what I came here to do. We came here to win, (laughs) and we're going to the beach tomorrow. Yeah, that's the plan, at least. That's the plan. We're going to be meeting up at 11 a.m. at mm-hmm. the Wall Street Pier to take the Rockaway Ferry. It's, so, come on. Have you done the Rockaway Ferry yet? I have not. It's so much fun. I've done the other ferries, but I haven't done the Rockaway Ferry. It's so cool. You just you get to see, like, you go underneath a ton of bridges. You get to see, you can see the whole New York Harbor and then all the, the, the entire south end of, of uh, Brooklyn. And you get a good view of Governor's <laughs> Island. It's, it's a really cool trip. The, the Verrazano Narrows Bridge which is one of the longest bridges, I think, in, in existence, maybe? In the United States, In the United States. Sure. Um, it's cool. It's a cool drive. It's a cool ride. It does take about an hour, but, mm-hmm. it, but it's But like, there's a bar on the boat. There's a bar on the boat. Bar on the boat. Bar on the boat. It's Good God Almighty. It's fine. It's great. Speaking of people drinking way too much and then uh, going places, Yeah. we've also got... This little thing going on here in New York City involving the police. Oh, yeah. The Sergeant Benevolent Union, the police officer's union, is officially offering $500 yes. to civilians that aid officers in difficult situations. Which, this is this is a great news for me because I'm currently working as an actor, which means I'm not. <laughs> and, uh, and, and this is great news for me because now all I'm going to do is cruise the J train. I have my monthly pass. I'm going to cruise my J train with my Citizen app wide open, and I'm just going to be 
going live and taking dives on motherfuckers. Just, just like elbow drop to the cranium. Yeah, yeah. I've got the I've got the benevolent sergeant association, whatever the fuck they're called. I've got them on speed dial, ready, <laughs> and uh, with my Venmo account, ready to go. Five hundred, five hundred smackaroons. Pay for, it up for every fucking like K two zombie that I take out. Although they're, I think they might be, give you a little less mom, money for the K two zombies. Because K2 like, makes you pretty much useless. You're just like yeah. a walking mallard. <laughs> One time I was on the train and there was this very, very intoxicated woman Good Lord. in Brooklyn screaming. In Brooklyn? No way. Yeah. On the just, train? Just screaming. Y'all fucking idiots. Just smoke weed. Yes. Weed is so much better than <laughs> K2. It's so true. <laughs> Who, like, how hard is it to find weed in Brooklyn? That you're smoking something that turns you into a complete waste of space. <laughs> so much so that you and all your buddies end up on the local news, and the news is at back at the new, the, the new in what New York one is out there like, well, we're at Myrtle Broadway again, and guess what, y'all? Little Johnny's uh, bodega is selling K two. Look at all these dumbass fucking people. And some slap dick citizen had to come and. Get five hundred dollars for jumping on one of the K two zombies. <laughs> I some, just, I'm some just... some troll in the in black jeans and a black t shirt just tackled, uh, <laughs> just is tackling K two zombies out in Myrtle Broadway Bushwick Bedside. I'm just imagining my father, who was a police officer yeah. for forty years, in the process of. <sighs> Of taking down a guy, whatever the scenario is, yeah. and some civilian just comes up and says, Officer, do you need some help? <laughs> and you just see my dad looking at him and say, Get the fuck out of here. I'm not gonna, here's the thing is that I'm not gonna ask because, um, uh, because uh, I know that they'll say no. Yeah, they'll definitely <laughs> say no. And I really could use the $500. Cops are, re- NYPD is reading this Gothamist article and they are just like, No, don't please, tell people no. this. Don't what, tell people that this is what we're doing. What was it's really, some police union also. Yeah, it's a union. Uh, um, what was really mind-blowing about this was that they referred to the NYPD as confused and, in, and ineffective. Yes! And weak. Just, and they weak. called them weak. Like, oh my... We're talking about the NYPD. The NYPD. One of the they're, most militarized police departments in the, in the world. They're bigger than a lot of countries' military. Yes! <laughs> they're, they're, the NYPD budget is bigger than a lot of military budgets. I mean, they do, like, sting operations that involve, like, Al-Qaeda plots. Yes. Like, like, We're not talking about a this, bunch of idiots here. This is not This is not the Hudson Sheriff up like an hour and a half north of here. This is the NYPD. God that, damn it. That you say that needs help from citizens? You think I can help an NYPD officer? <laughs> I believe that you can. <laughs> I might be able to. All you'd have to do is sit on the person. That's all we'd have to do. Did most put, likely. Just get. Just did, make sure they're you know on the ground and they sit on. on their chest. Hold, hold on. Hold on. What? Hold on. Did you just call me fat? Maybe. Fuck us. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. <laughs> so speaking of fat guys talking about stuff. <laughs> what? Some, some Star Wars stuff leaked yes, this week. Yes, yes, we got some. We got some fucking us. Uh, Star Wars. Um, 
uh, photos leaked from the set, uh, and it looks really pretty cool. It looks cool. So it's you know it's John Boyega and Oscar Isaac. You and don't see much in the picture. Yeah, it's John Boyega and it's Oscar Isaac, and they're in kind of your standard Star Wars uniforms, right. outfits, rebellion outfits. <laughs> right. The, they look the, a little more Western, I will yeah. say. They have like they have man purses. They're wearing like leather garters that, that are holding up the holsters. Yeah. They're John Boyega's got a fro going on. Um, I'll say the real winner of these pictures, though. Yes. Are the space horses? We've got horses from outer space. They're horses that are dressed in some kind of like gil- gillyweed camouflage. Right. Or, uh, it looks like they're made. They might be like Chewbacca horses, <laughs> like Wookie horses, horses. Uh, I don't. I. It, it's just. It's kind of. It's confusing and it's funny. I love it. I think it's gonna be cool. I. Uh, I. I mean, I'm. I'm probably the resident Star Wars biggest Star Wars fan. Maybe. I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan. I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan, dude. So am I. I, I play. I, I play Battlefront too. Oh one. my God! Well, Jesus Christ! <laughs> By EA, not the, look at you. Not the original Battlefront two, which is <laughs> not that good. Um, it was. It was just good when it came out. There's a difference, everybody. Oh yeah. There's a big difference. Um, so, what but, really you really cracked me up with this one when you said, "I hope." That they don't CGI it at all, and yes. I hope they stay horses, yes. and they just refuse to call them horses. Yes. <laughs> I just want them to call them, like, like Gilly Ponders, or, like, or Flabby Doos. <laughs> Let me just ride my Flabby Doo all the they're way really, to the really desert. Just, they're really just stand-ins for giant dewback lizards. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, what do you, I mean, what do you think that they actually are? I think that, I actually think that they might be on the, the planet Kashyyyk. With 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 uh you know the Wookies. All right, you're a bigger Star Wars fan. Than See, me. I told you. <laughs> oh my God, that like you just won a fucking contest. I did. You just won biggest nerd. Don't contest. take this away from me. I'm just gonna let you know. <laughs> I think it's gonna be cool. You didn't win any. Uh, apparently, um, supposedly, this is all. Take this with a grain of salt. I this showed up on my Google app, and uh, supposedly also in relation to the Star Wars stuff. Um, uh, the, the Act One details have have leaked, um, I, and frankly, that doesn't mean much. No, because it's Act One. Because it's Act One, and plus, like what it's I'm like, about here's to go the over, synopsis of Act One. Let me talk. Hello, uh, we're uh, still alive. Uh, let me talk. Yeah, let me talk. <laughs> um, uh, they, Stop they, cutting they, me off. No. <laughs> uh, they, they they basically um, uh, what what's going on is. At the end of the last movie, obviously the whole resistance could fit on the Millennium Falcon, which is an ancient ship. At mm. this point, it's like decades; it's probably over a hundred years old at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, they've gone from this big ass army to like just this little ragtag like drama club uh, uh, group of nerds <laughs> in the galaxy uh, with a broken lightsaber and some books. Uh, and so Leia has to recruit some people. Here's the problem. Leia is fucking dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, we're probably only going to get her in Act 1, sending people out to, like, the outer regions, sending people out to uh, former strongholds of the of the Rebellion uh, to, to find uh, former allies. Because if you'll remember, at the last, uh, at the end of The Last Jedi... Uh, she sent out a beacon begging for help whenever they were on crate, and nobody came except for Luke. 
Part of me thinks that maybe Luke sent out another message and said, nobody come, I'm on my way. But another big, big thing about this is that in the movie, not in the movie, in the book, Bloodline, apparently Luke and Leia hid the fact that they were Darth Vader's kids from public knowledge because they didn't want to lose her influence. But then what happens, Hillary Clinton, whenever you hide shit? (laughs) People get pissed. They don't like it whenever you hide shit. They don't like it whenever you're not uh, up front with people. And so what ends up happening is um, when Luke is training Ben Solo, uh, the everything goes public and everybody finds out that, uh, that, that Leia and Luke are Darth Vader's kids, including Ben Solo. He didn't know that he was related to Darth Vader until he was like well into his Jedi training, right? Mm-hmm. And so because of that, she lost a shitload of fucking... Influence and a ton of, uh, uh, you know, and a ton of people just like don't care about her anymore. So that's a big issue at the beginning of this, given that now her son is leading the First Order. Her son is essentially the Emperor. Yep. Uh, he's the Emperor, he's Vader, he's all of them all at once. He's more psychotic, more dangerous, more like, uh, he's got a higher kill count than almost anyone in the Star Wars universe ever, except for maybe, like, some of the expanded universe Sith, Sith Lords and maybe Vader. But not, even then, I would I would say he has killed more people. Right? At the beginning, because in Force Awakens, he, like, wipes out that whole system. Anyway, um... You still talking? Yes. You've been talking to me this whole time? I've been talking... What do you think I'm talking to? <laughs> We're sitting right next to you. Um, so anyway... Anyway, so... All, all the, that's going all, on. All that is... That's the backstory. So Act 1 is essentially, um, uh, you know, uh, Kylo Ren is running the is running the shit. And she's got to send these people out to go, to, to go recruit a new army and to fight him. And the problem is, people kind of like Kylo Ren. He's become a benevolent dictator. He's a benevolent dictator. That's the second time the word benevolent has been used in this podcast. We're fucking killing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so here, we'll tie this up with a nice little bow. We're not just... Just give it to him yeah. and leave it. Okay. Your pitch. My pitch. For the, for the end of Act end 1. End of Act 1. Chewbacca confronts Ben Solo. Ben Solo beheads Chewbacca. Because... Here's t- the thing. Yeah. To tie this back, and this is how I justify this in my world of professional fucking wrestling. Exactly. Because I texted Matt saying, is this too fucked up? And I said, hell no. It's not too fucked up because this is the last one. Yes. We know that. So here's the deal. In professional wrestling, a lot of times when a heel character (sighs) gets really popular and people think he's cool, they have him do the most fucked up thing that he can do to garner the ultimate heel heat. Right now, way too many people think Kylo Ren is cool. He needs to kill Chewbacca. Including fucking Rey. Like, why does Rey think that there's any light left in in Kylo? It's beyond me. I have no clue. I think if he cuts off the head of Chewbacca and then, like, puts it on a stake and right (laughs) next to his throne, like, she's going to have no choice but to rip him in half. We're talking about ultimate heel heat. No coming back from this. You will never have a face turn. I mean, you are the most hated man in this universe. End of story. End of story. And in the fan universe, like like everybody, because it's like killing everybody's dog. Exactly. Like Chewbacca is the most loyal, purest heart, 
Like, everybody loves Chewbacca. Whenever they were uh, filming The Force Awakens, they apparently had to rebuild the Chewbacca costume because everyone on set wanted to go give Chewbacca a hug. (laughs) Uh, They hugged it to pieces. Yeah, and plus, like, we're still going to get movies with Chewbacca because there's the whole solo thing that's happening. Absolutely. So it's not like it's the end of Chewbacca. It's just the end of his life in the timeline. I agree. Which, you know, all men must die. It's true. Uh, <laughs> it's true. You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain, and I don't want to hate Chewbacca, so kill him now. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Speaking of kill him now, uh-huh. that actually has nothing to do with this. Yeah, but. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of, speaking of transitions... Speaking of transitions, Matt went to a fun show. Yes, I did. I went to the Knitting Factory this weekend, saw one of my favorite bands, uh, my favorite local bands, that is, called Pink Louds. Um, they are, they, they come from Puerto Rico. P-I-N-C space L-O-U-D-S. So it's kind of like pink clouds, pink louds. It's anyway, to you. uh, we'll, we'll tag them. We'll, we'll, we'll tag them. They were great. <laughs> um, they, they were at the Knitting Factory. They were the headlining show. They, they do this really fun stuff with puppets and like go-go dancers that are dressed like rats. Uh, like I said, they come from Puerto Rico and this kicked off a week-long tour that they're going to be doing down there uh, this week while we're recording right now. Uh, I got to hang out with a few of the band members after the show, but just because that's how I fucking roll. Yeah. Uh, My life is dope and I do dope shit. Exactly. And um, uh, they're fucking great. Go check them out. Their, their, their album is on iTunes. It's the Delancey Street, uh, the Delancey Street Station album. Um they're, they're fucking incredible. It's this kind of jazzy punk rock uh, um, thing that's heavily inspired by Monty Python. Like, Monty Python's a big thing with them. Like, oh, in terms wow. of, like, their cross-dressing and, and their the drag show element and the campiness. like And the fact that it's something completely different. It is, com- it is very different. Because, <laughs> like I said, they're from Puerto Rico, so there's, like, this weird kind of Latin vibe to them, but then it's full of fucking like New York insanity performance <laughs> insanity. I don't know. They're 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 an, they're an incredible band. I got to hear two of their new songs. I don't know the name of those songs uh, right now just cuz I don't. Um, I was going to go with you. Yeah. But I was hanging out with the legend. You were you were getting legendary. I was getting legendary with the one and only Greg. Greg. We were getting legendary. Who will eventually show up on this podcast. He's going to show up on this podcast very soon. We have to get him in. But you have to get him to leave Hell's Kitchen. That's, well. And every time I text him, I'm like, hey man, what are you doing? He goes, don't know what I'm going to do. Definitely want to do something, but I know I'm not leaving my neighborhood. (laughs) I mean, I guess if my neighborhood was Hell's Kitchen, I might feel like that too. Well, he claims that it takes him two and a half hours to get to my neighborhood. To get here? Yeah. Because he's, he's, like, he, he's like, you don't understand, you don't understand. i got to walk down to one train, then from that train i got to take that train to another train, and then I have to wait on a subway delay, because there's always a subway delay, and I'm like, okay, good point, there is always a subway delay. you got to get on the A train. But you get on the A train. Like Lin-Manuel said, you must take the A train. Sure. Uh, sure. What is that from? It's from In the Heights. Oh, I haven't actually Sorry, heard that. I forgot you don't like theater. No, I don't. Um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, that's... Yeah, it takes them too Greg, long. Come, come to Wall Street. If I can make it from Bushwick, you can make it to Wall Street. End of fucking argument. To be fair, he's come down here quite a few times, but he all like it's not even just down here. He also will he won't go to the village anymore. 
Like if he can't walk home, who doesn't go to the village? He'll only he'll only go a five minute, five to ten minute walk from his apartment. That's all he'll do. Man, I wish I could make those demands. Right? It's pretty hilarious. Although if I if I did that, I don't know that I would ever go anywhere interesting. Yeah, what would you do? You go to like Popeyes. I go to I go to Popeyes. I go to Domino's. CVS. Uh, I would go to uh, no. We don't, we're not fancy like that. We have Rite Aid. That's what it is. Uh, we also have, um, you know, I can go get a cup of iced coffee at a bodega for $1.25. Um, and I could go get dollar beers there at you the go. bodega. There's a there's quite a bit for me to do within a 10-minute walk of my apartment. Yeah. I got the South Street Seaport. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually... I got, I got Battery Park. I got Stone Street. I'm not being completely honest. There's some cool spots in my neighborhood, but you got to walk a little bit. Yeah, it's what you Probably. what you call Brooklyn close. Right, right. For me, it's like a ten minute walk to some bars. Yeah, but like if I were to drag you along, you'd be like, "Are we almost there yet?" Well, one time Matt had a party at his house, and not the current place he lives, but another place yeah. on Wilson Ave. Yeah, he had a get together, and you know it was kind of winding to the point of everybody. It's time to go to a bar. Right. You know how that goes when you have a day party at your house. Right. Everybody go to a bar. Like you're the house is way, trashed. You're way too drunk for my house. Yeah. The, <laughs> the house is trashed. I'm too drunk to be home. Like, you're too drunk to be a host. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's leave. So we decided to go to this bar called The Booby Trap, which is boob-themed. It's a cool bar. I, I like it. I, uh, I don't like that place anymore. Oh, okay. I'll put them on blast. Don't have me booby trap. <laughs> I need to be more chill about the ID thing. In, so they in, were... I am H-O. Oh, well, there you go. Anyway. In his honest opinion. So they were like, yeah, let's go there. It's really close. Let's mm-hmm. give it. Let, yeah. And I was like, all right, yeah. It is yeah. really close. I want to give it a shot. 15 minutes of, like, hoofing it. 15 minutes of New York hoofing. Walking. And we were moving. As it's known. 15 minutes later of muscle footing it down the street. <laughs> I'm like, are we fucking there yet? And Arian goes, yeah, we're about 10 minutes away. And I was like, <laughs> I'll call a car. Why, though? It's and only a mile go, away. And y'all go, oh, he lives in Manhattan. This is what's considered Brooklyn close. Exactly. Which in Brooklyn means not fucking close. <laughs> <laughs> which means it's about a mile away. It's the equivalent of me walking from Wall Street to Union Square. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to Union die. Union more than a mile away. My buzz was gone. That's not true. My feet hurt. That's probably true. My butt fell out. That's of my butt. True. Yeah. And that's just how it went. It was fine. <laughs> it was a good time. It was a great time. It was that, a really good that time. That was a hairy day. That we y'all were climbing up onto the roof of your building it on was, like this rickety metal ladder. <laughs> I, y'all were like, "Come on up, the view's great." And I was like, "You were like, no, Go to hell." <laughs> climbing my 300 pound ass up that rickety metal ladder that looks like it's about to pull out of the siding on when this I, building when i first moved to the city uh, <laughs> like a, i was a month i was like i was here for like a month and i had not figured out how the lock the deadbolt worked on my door <laughs> i didn't know that it was like on the inside of the door frame and so i like a dumbass accidentally locked myself out one day because uh, i used to just like like put something like a shoe in between the door or whatever right and uh I went down to go get delivery, came up, and I was walked the fuck out. Oh. And I knock on my super's door. I'm like, hey, man, I'm in my I'm in my underwear and robe. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm locked out. Do you have an extra key? And he was like, no, I don't have a key. I was like, what? Like, you know what I mean. You're the super. And anyway, long story short, he does, he's I don't have a key. I was like, well, I'm locked out. What am I going to do? I can't call a locksmith because they're fucking crooks. 
Yeah. And uh, five hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. And uh, he disappears, and he comes back, and he hands me a crowbar. <laughs> he just goes, "Don't let nobody see you." <laughs> and so my fucking fat ass goes up. I crow. I crowbar my way through the the, the trap door roof because uh, it had sealed shut. It had been tarred shut, and I rip it open with the car, with the crowbar. And then I go down the side of my building on that same rickety ass ladder <laughs> in my robe and pajamas and which are essentially underwear and a t shirt. <laughs> And people are just like, I don't think, I don't know if anyone saw me, but like, it had to have been one hell of a sight. And then I broke into my apartment from that, from the fire escape. And I realized how easy it was to break into my apartment. That's absolutely phenomenal. was a lot. It was very easy. My first apartment in the city, in the East Village on St. Mark's Place, uh, 11 by 12, shared bathrooms on the floor, had a hot plate, a mini fridge, and a microwave. (laughs) We were crushing it. And we had this super named Frank. To this day, I couldn't tell you what fucking country this guy was from. <laughs> but but he talking like this. Yeah. He like, hi, this is Frank. You have package in lobby. Like, <laughs> no clue where this guy was from. <laughs> I, I, some Eastern European enclave. Yeah. So one day, I, one time, I just, I lost my keys. So I call him to let me in, and he's like, okay, here you go. I let you in. I let you in. It's fine. But get a new key. I'm like, Okay. I have to call the off the main office yeah. and get a new key, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I forget to do that. And like a week later, I'm not with Andrea. She has the only keys. I get back and I call him again and he goes, I I I I'm tired of this. I am no doorman. I am no doorman. And he comes and he unlocks the door and he goes, Take this key and get the copy made. My name is Frank. And I was like, Good God. <laughs> relax, dude. Yeah, just relax, Frank. Sorry you to unlock a door. You weird, bald son of a bitch. Like, it's not that big a deal. This old, old lady named Lori who lived on the sixth floor of this sixth floor walk-up who'd been in, who's been in that building since 1980. Oh, my God. So she has seen some shit. Is she, shit. like, even paying rent? She pays $125 <laughs> a month. Of course. And her brother pays it for her because she can't afford it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So, she is, one day she's down in the lobby, and she's talking about how she's sick. Like, oh, honey, I'm so sick. I've been sick for weeks. I've had this cold. And Frank goes, hold on, hold on. I go to my room. I get you my remedy for sick. And he comes back with a shot of rum. And he goes, take it. It's good. It's Captain Morgan. (laughs) What? Just a shot of Captain? Just a shot of Captain Morgan was his remedy for a cold. Oh, <laughs> she God. looks at him and goes, she looks at him and goes, I don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Good times. How ridiculous. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, oh, my God, I present the main event. The main event. Here we go. What we brought to you, what we promised we were going to do last week. Matt told me that I had homework, and then he did all of it for me, So, which was really nice of him to do. Which is great, because now i got the government documents right here to prove it, that we have determined the single greatest year in film history. Well, we've narrowed it down to a we've few We've narrowed options. it down to six, and yeah. from this discussion, we're going to nail it. Yeah. All right. We start off, the greatest year in film history discussion, 2010. Fucking great year for movies. Great year for movies. I'll give the rundown. Inception. Mm-hmm. The Social Network. Eh? Eh? Not a Social Network fan? Okay. 
The King's Speech, Black Swan, <laughs> Toy Story 3. Yes. True Grit. Yes. The Fighter. Uh-huh. Shutter Island. Shutter Island. Great year for film. Great year for movies. I, you know, I gotta be real with you. I was not a huge fan of Inception when it first came out. Yeah. I don't know what it is about Christopher Nolan, but <laughs> I just find that his movies need to be rated R and they are PG-13. You think it, if the language was ramped up, it could take it to a next Violence level? is mostly what I'm looking uh, for. Oh, okay. I, see what I you like mean. violent movies. I don't know why. Hey. Fucked up. And, and I, I don't like it when I, I don't like seeing people get shot and there being no blood. That's a pet peeve of mine. Okay. People get shot in that movie, right? I think so. I'm pretty sure. I, I remember guns. Can our producer confirm? Do people get shot in Inception? Do you know? She doesn't know. No. She uh, doesn't know. Anyway, uh, Social Network. I, I think that that movie is... Uh, really? It's yeah. meh? It's fine. I thought it was a great movie. I thought it was extremely well written. Good performances. I don't think... I think it's too dated is the thing. It's because it, it's about a somewhat uninteresting thing. I don't think that's uninteresting at all. I mean, it's 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 a, it's like an interesting book. It's not an interesting movie. I, to me. I I think the filmmaking's good. I think the score is outstanding. Yeah, the score. I mean, but I don't necessarily watch movies just for the score. I think Justin Timberlake's come up and at the end is fantastic. <laughs> sure. You ain't nobody, bitch. Yeah. With your with your fuck you flip flops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. King's Speech is... I don't like that movie. Ah, well, we're not going to get into that because I think it's a great film. And I, I, just I think that movie... Here's that movie. You can't see it. This is horrible for the podcast, but here's the summation of that movie. It's the story of a man. With a stutter. Yeah. A man who has to speak to his country in the worst time in the country's history. The Nazis are knocking on the door, yeah. and he's got to comfort his people. And but the like, problem is, he can't talk. And we got to go to today, Junior. <laughs> Making fun of a child for trying to read. <laughs> Do you have no soul? <laughs> <laughs> Billy Madison, great fucking movie, 1995. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> this is all based off the article, that the clickbait article that we saw that said 1994. Yeah. What? We already talked about it in the last episode. Oh yeah, that's right. We talked about it last Jesus, episode. Come on. <laughs> so this is what this is. Co- this is what this is boiling down to. Boiling down to. Because so- I said there's no way that 1994 is the best year for movies, but I don't know about that anymore. Let's so, keep moving though. So Black Swan, great performance. Great, yeah, good movie. Uh, Toy Story Three, amazing, amazing movie. movie, amazing movie. True Grit was amazing. Amazing. Even though it's a remake, it's still amazing. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it a remake. I would just say they did your good. Again. Yeah, the fighter, out one of the probably the best supporting performance I've ever seen in a film by Christian Bale. I have not seen it. And then the whole movie's just good. I <laughs> love it. Shutter Island, your I, classic twisty, 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 yeah, twisty, twisty, turny. I saw that on an airplane. <laughs> it was it was good on the plane. I saw a movie on a plane that you should never watch on a screen that small. What Gravity. <laughs> you saw a movie about crash landing on an airplane? You got Why were right. they even playing that? Hey, man, I was riding an adrenaline high. Oh, my they God. They sold me the whole seat, and all I needed was the edge. Wow. <laughs> um, so, we're going to go now. So, we got that year. We'll run them down again. The, the big hitters of 2010, Inception, Social Network, King's Speech, Black Swan, Toy Story 3, True Grit, The Fighter, and Shutter Island. 
That's 2010. That's 2010. Pretty good. For tw- from 2010, from the, the soonest, we're going to go to the earliest. Yeah. 1962. Yeah. Listen to some of these hitters, dude. Sweet Bird of Youth. Great movie. Couple of friends in that one. Yes, absolutely. The Manchurian Candidate. I haven't actually seen that. It freaks a lot of people out, because what if it could happen? Right. That's what Zoolander is based off of. Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How do you expect people to learn to read if they can't even fit inside the building? (laughs) That's not even the best part of that line. The best part of that line... What is this? A center for ants? No. The best part of that line is the reaction by Will Ferrell. He goes, he's absolutely right. (laughs) 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 So 1962. Mm -hmm. Sweet Bird of Youth, The Manchurian Candidate. The first James Bond film, Dr. No. Which is campy and amazing. Yes. Camp-tastic. <laughs> this is before B-movies were a thing. Yeah. And not Jerry B Seinfeld movies. B-movies, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. The Longest Day, which Matt hadn't heard of. It was the first realistic war depiction on screen. And it was... I can get uh, into that. It was D-Day. The Longest Day. To Kill a Mockingbird. Great movie. Great, Great book. movie. Great story, just in general. And the Coup de Gras. Of 1962, Lawrence of Arabia. One hell of a movie. Good God, Goes Lawrence from of being one of the, some of the most amazing cinematography and one of the most epic stories of all time to one of the worst community theater shows I've ever seen in my life. You're shitting me. It's Somebody so, did a community theater No, I'm saying that the makeup in that fucking movie oh. is just like, it reminds me of being a Plano, Texas. You're <laughs> doing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Plain old Texas. <laughs> Just like with terrible makeup and all these like white people pretending to be something that like... Arabian. Arabian. <laughs> Sounds like Aladdin on Broadway. Uh, <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. We know someone that's doing that. On tour. Yep. We damn sure do. I'm not going to say her name. But she's white she's and white. she's she playing played, Jasmine. It's super weird. Mm-hmm. Nobody talks about Me it. Me and Oscar had a long discussion about that at work the other day. And yeah. he was like, I can't believe they did that. Yeah. And I was like, really? really? At this point, you can't believe it? You can't it? believe that they did that? I can believe it. I believe it. <laughs> not only do I believe it, I can look at it. So 1962. I mean, just truly unbelievable year. It's it's hard to be, what we were talking about earlier. It's hard to believe that all of these movies, like when you listen, when you hear a group of movies, and then you think they all came out in the same year. Yeah, that's unbelievable. It's pretty cool. Sweet Bird of Youth, Manchurian Candidate, Doctor No, The Longest Day, To Kill a Mockingbird, and Lawrence of Arabia. Those are great movies. Nineteen sixty-two, great, great year, but not the greatest year. Our next candidate for greatest year in film history, nineteen ninety-nine. Mm, this is the one that I vouch for. This is the one that I'm pushing for because all these movies, even though I don't think they, a lot of them don't hold up very well, and, and like I think that they're a little cheesy, but they still like change the game. <laughs> so one of them doesn't hold up because of things that have come to light, right? But you still you got Sam Mendes, Sam Mendes's direction, Chris Cooper is a supporting Chris character Cooper. in this film. Um, yes, Kevin Spacey, we all know about him, but American Beauty was is a phenomenal film. It, I, watch it again and tell me if you still feel that way. I watched it two years ago, and I thought it was great. Really? Yeah. I, see, I watch it, and I'm just like, these people, like, 
anyway, it's a great movie for whenever it came out, and I think it captures the year 1999 really well. <laughs> uh, but I also think people were really shitty in the year 1999. Oh my god, yes. The late 90s, people <laughs> yeah. were terrible, Yeah, dude. like, I just feel Horrible. like everyone was freaking out about the turn of the millennia, mm-hmm. and everyone was having a midlife crisis. Speaking of how horrible people were in yeah. 1999, American Pie came out that year. Yes. <laughs> Yes, another movie that does not hold up, but changed the game. Changed the game. Probably still pretty funny, though. Yeah, you know? there's a little... There's some problematic stuff in that movie. Well, absolutely. But, I mean, still, the dude banging a pie. Yeah. And <laughs> Eugene's Levy, Eugene Levy's fucking reaction oh. when he walks into the room. Oh. <laughs> well, just tell your mom we ate it all. <laughs> All right. But then he puts that girl online and she doesn't know it, and that's super fucked up. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Blink-182 has a cameo. Yeah. <laughs> Green Mile. Great movie. Great movie. Hands down. Oh, phenomenal. It's a little it's a little magical, but still, who cares? It's, it's so Stephen good. King. Yeah. And it's Sam Rockwell, baby. Yes. I mean, of, of all the other actors in it. Premium Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. And, and, and Tom Hanks and the, Michael Clark Duncan Michael Clark Duncan who's apparently a psycho but like but uh, <laughs> or was a psycho yeah rest in, peace. rest in peace Michael Clark Duncan MCD still an incredible role and, and amazingly active yes but the, the one that boils down 1999 the most is Fight Club Fight Club I was just watching Palinuk on Rogan like earlier uh-huh. today actually he is a disturbed individual mm-hmm He's been thrown out of so many writers' workshops because he's made all these like writers, uh, like these like professional authors, like weep. Oh my god! And really? like, like say things like like they don't feel safe with him in the room because of his writing. And holy shit! And um, yeah, he wrote Fight Club. That's amazing. Yeah, he, <laughs> like, like he was telling this story about how he got kicked out of this writers' workshop that he'd been he had been involved with for twenty years. Because he wrote a story about a guy having sex with an inflatable sex doll, but then he realized while having sex with it, he zipped up its corset and poked a hole in it, and so then he kept having to have sex faster before it deflated, and then it eventually deflated and just kind of hang off, hung off of his privates, <laughs> hang off his cock, and he said that like all of the women in the room left the room. Oh my god! And then, and then he was pulled aside that night and told not to come back. Oh my god. And it's just like, this dude is so fucking great. Well, then, the tagline of the movie. I mean, yeah. it's not really the tagline. It's just the movie that... You know, a lot of movies will have one singular line uh-huh. that kind of can encompass the whole film, but none better than this line from Fight Club. Yeah. You met me at a very weird time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It bookends the film. God. It's just... What a good... Fucking movie. Oh. I mean, that's one of the movies. That's one of the movies. Um, it's kind of like Watchmen. I like Watchmen more than the book. I liked the movie Watchmen. A lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was good. It's cheesy. It's it's well, yeah. I it's mean, bad. It's but, a, it's, but a, it's good. Bad. It's, it's a fun. Comic bad book movie. It's, it's gonna fun. Be bad. Yeah. Like it, it's fun. Bad. Uh, but like, but the same goes with Fight Club. I prefer the ending to Fight Club that happened in the movie than the ending that happened in the book. You ever read the book? What happened at the end of the book? The end of the book, he shoots himself, you know, like he does in the in right. The, uh, but then there's like a prologue where he and where it, it, it basically not a prologue, epilogue, an epilogue uh, where it's revealed that he that none of that shit that like like blowing up all the credit card buildings and all this shit, mm-hmm. none of that actually happened. He's just been like 
it was like a fever dream of his. Oh wow, well, he was uh, yeah. going crazy. I like the movie ending. And, I, and I, I think the movie ending is just way. Like, more could you fun. imagine if he just like woke up and was like, "Whoa, that was crazy." Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Also that year, sorry, round out nineteen ninety nine, Sixth Sense. Oh yeah, Sixth Sense and The Matrix. Yes, two amazing movies. Toy Story two. Oh my god, and dude. The Iron Giant. Okay. Dude, the Come Iron on. Giant was so good. Get real, 1994. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah, the American Beauty, The Matrix, Fight Club, Sixth Sense, Iron Giant, Toy Story 2, Green Mile, and American Pie. Man. The classics of 1999. What a weird time in America was yeah. the late 90s, dude. Yeah. What's wrong those with are us? A lot of, this is a, it's a lot of nihilism. There's a lot of craziness. Even Toy Story 2 is yeah. sad as fuck. Right. Like, man. Man, what what's that one about again? That's the one where he gets sold off to the toy collector. Yes. Like okay. that shit is sad, homie. Yeah, that's the her, the 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 girl the woman doll's recollection of her life. Like, uh-huh. oy well, vey. Nineteen ninety nine, dude. You really what's wrong? Bringing home the bullshit, but great movies. Great movies. We move on. The next in this list, nineteen seventy seven. Big year. Big year. Big year night that 1977. We got Annie Hall, the best picture winner. Yeah. I phenomenal. It's great. It's, great. it's before Woody Allen was outed. Yes. And <laughs> Again. Still, I feel like I could watch it. <laughs> uh, guiltlessly. We, we got Saturday Night Fever. Which created disco. Created that whole movement. That, that whole, whole scene. scene. Which which is cool. Yeah. We got a new hope. The very first Star Wars film came what, out in 1977. And which also set the game for blockbuster, summer blockbusters for the rest of history. Absolutely. Like every other blockbuster in the summer. Because like the big movie of the summer in 1976 was The Exorcist. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, like, and so after Star Wars came out. Which is basically out, a bottle episode. Right, it all yeah. takes place in a bedroom. Right. It, but like, but like Star Wars changed the fucking like the fucking game entirely. It changed Hollywood completely. Changed everything. Now everybody is just trying to reinvent Star Wars ever since it came out. Yep. It's been done a couple of times. Harry Potter did it. Mm-hmm. Um, Fifth Element almost did it. Fifth Element was great. Um, I don't know. There's been a bunch of times whenever it's almost worked, but every single summer, gar- like all of the Marvel shit, that's all Star Wars. Oh, yeah. We got A Bridge Too Far. I don't know that one. Another classic war film, an epic. We've got Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Another incredible Just sci-fi movie. Spielberg. You got you got sci-fi on very opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Because Close Encounters of the Third Kind is it's science fiction, but kind of fairly rooted in a reality. Yeah. Like it's an alternate reality where aliens come to Earth and contact us, but it's reality. Yeah. Whereas Star Wars is full-on fantasy. Right. Like 100% fantasy. Right, right, right. So it's great to have one year that kind of encompasses science fiction, but complete opposite ends of the Mm -hmm. spectrum. It's like you get get a Kilgore Trout novel and a Kurt Vonnegut novel. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like like opposite ends. It's like Kilgore Trout's like fucking wild insanity and, and Kurt Vonnegut's like about a man unstuck in time who's a war veteran. Yeah, you know, like, and they're both—they both, both kind of define their creators mm-hmm. for different reasons. Yeah, it's just 
what a what a killer year. Like yeah. I said, these groups, these movies all came out in the same twelve month period. That's crazy. Nineteen seventy seven, Close Encounters. Oh, fine. Also, Eraserhead. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the scene, David. What's his name? Fuck. David Lynch. David Lynch. Welcome to the scene, brother. Yeah, fucking weirdo. Ooh, buddy, what a movie that is. So I imagined a woman inside of a radiator, <laughs> and then she came to me on Mulholland Drive. <laughs> and that's when I knew, I knew this movie must be made. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. One of my favorite David Lynch things of all time is when he's that late night talk show host, yes. uh, coach. Yes, for Louis. On Louis. Go. <laughs> <laughs> no. Be funny. Now. <laughs> Ready? Be funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, 1977, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Star Wars a new, Episode Four: A New Hope, Saturday Night Fever, Annie Hall, a Bridge Too Far into Racerhead. See, these are good movies, but I'm still vying for 1999. You're still going for 1999? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But maybe because I actually have seen all those movies. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. 1999 is still your winner. Yeah. Let's keep going, though. 1985. Ooh, this is another great one. This is a, this is a year. So the best picture winner that year was Out of Africa. Uh-huh. Robert Redford and Meryl Streep, and it's just, it's... I don't think I've seen that movie. It's very good. It's very 80s Oscar movie, which means there's a... You a know, lot of cheese. A lot of cheese, but it's a damn good film. Look, I like cheese. Yeah, I'm a big cheese guy. Who, lo- who doesn't like cheese? I like blue cheese. I like Gouda. I mean, sorry. <laughs> I like uh, cheddar. <laughs> like a, a, you know what? American, even. Oh, hell yeah. You give me some nice melted American on top of some <laughs> eggs with some two slices of bread? <laughs> I tell you, foot, brother. You quit. So anyway, out of Africa. Yeah. Good movie. Really good movie. But then we get to like some real cultural yeah. touchstones right. in 1985. Back to the future. Back to the fucking future, man. Which, which is another one of those that like is just Star Wars. You yeah, know? pretty like, much. Like that's 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 a you know an adventure tale. Back a to fantasy the fantasy adventure tale that's loosely based on science. A little note. Back to the future. My fiance's favorite movie. Oh, really? That's cool. Uh, yeah. That's a good choice. She loves that movie. I love that movie too. I mean, I'm just saying. Crispin Glover. <laughs> oh man, he's great. Oh, the man yeah. that, ne- that never ages. I, and and also never gets less weird. <laughs> <laughs> the Goonies. The Goonies. You know, I gotta say, I like the Goonies, but I do under- But I don't think it's as good as we think it is. I mean, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I think it's it's still a good movie, man. I feel like if my parents watched it, they'd be like, okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, I feel like it's okay. a kid's movie. It's it's, But it is good in the sense of, like, it, it, like Stranger Things pulled from the right. Goonies. Hard. Hard. And I do have a big-time beef with the Goonies. Why? As a larger gentleman. I'm oh, so... Oh, the Truffle oh, Shuffle. man. I... I, there's very few things in this world that I just wish never existed. That's one of them. One of them is the truffle shuffle. <laughs> you rude, skinny bitches can kiss my ass with your... Hey, do the truffle shuffle, fat boy. <laughs> you know what? Why don't you do the needier face shuffle? <laughs> and go fuck your mother. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Rambo. Rambo. Not Rambo 1, because you remember Rambo 1 is not called Rambo. It's, first it's called First Blood. This is Rambo 2... Which is just called Rambo First Blood Part 2. Yes. <laughs> the second First Blood. <laughs> they drew First Blood. 
First Blood is insane. It's about a man just killing police officers. That was like a huge hit in the 80s. <laughs> Could you imagine if a movie came out today no. about a man in the woods in Oregon shooting police officers? No, and he's it the protagonist. Picketed. And he's the protagonist? Yes. He's the good and guy? rooting for this guy. <laughs> oh. So anyway, First Blood Part 2. Yeah. Which, also, which I'm more down for. Yeah. Uh, just because that's whenever he's in uh, Vietnam, right? I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Color purple. Get to watch Oprah take a piss. Yeah. You get to watch... Pretty the, hot. You get to watch <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg at the height of her powers, man. Oh, yeah. A lot of people... What Whoopi Goldberg is now, a lot of people forget she was actually... She was a hard-hitting actress, man. Oh, yeah. She brought the heat. She's got I a... She's an EGOT. I haven't forgotten that. I think a lot of people have. I know you have She's an EGOT? She's an EGOT. That's awesome. Of That's, course she is. Yeah. She got an Emmy for, like, a book on tape that she did. Okay. She got her Oscar for Ghost. Uh-huh. She got a Tony for something. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. she got a Grammy. Or, but Emmy was... She got a Grammy for the book on tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she got an Emmy for something. For you? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of people forget that she was a heavy, hard-hitting actress in the late 80s. Well, in hey, the mid-late 80s. She nearly ruined Ted Danson's career. She damn sure did. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he did. Yeah, well, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> 1985, killer year. Good year, good year. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm... Maybe a top three? Maybe, maybe I'm leaning towards 1985 now. Out of Africa, Back to the Future, The Goonies. I forgot to mention Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah, that's a great movie. Holy crap, Breakfast Club. I'm thinking about going out for a scholarship. Yep. <laughs> completely dividing the America's youth based on, based on superficiality. Oh, yeah. Uh, but nothing then bringing is, us together. There's nothing more 80s than dividing us based on superficiality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the most Reagan-era thing that ever happened. My favorite part about that movie is like... Is like this is the jock. This is the hot girl. This is the weird girl. This is the guy with an abusive stepfather. <laughs> this is the nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't the nerd there because he got caught, like, giving out homework or something? Yeah, something like Such super nerdy. Bullshit. God damn it. Makes the rest so of your bad. natural born lives, you're mine. Yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, a great year. That's yeah. a great year. We get to, oh man, here it is. We Actually, first, I'm going to give some honorable mentions. Oh, sure. Okay. Some honorable mentions. These are great years in film that just don't really stack up, in our opinion, to our top six that we've named. So 1976, great year in film. Rocky, Taxi Driver, Network, Carrie, and The Outlaw Josie Wales. Yeah. Really great, really great year in film. I don't, I don't even see any of those movies. Well, he hasn't seen any of those. <laughs> 1982, um... Top, you know, capped off with the best picture winner, Gandhi. But it also... And that movie's weird. Very weird. And then also Tootsie, because who doesn't love Another Dusty Hoffman one. in a dress? But a huge year for science fiction. I love how Dustin Hoffman was like, I, I put on a dress and nobody noticed me. But then I realized I've been ignoring ugly women my whole life. <laughs> and he starts crying. And it's like, dude, this, do you think this makes you sound like a good person? Yeah. <laughs> That's a comedy. <laughs> So 1982, but huge year for science fiction. E.T., Blade Runner, The Wrath of Khan. Yes. And where they squeeze Spock's head like a grape. Mm-hmm. And the thing. I saw the thing in theaters. Love it. Yeah. Um, another honorable mention. 1939. A uh, couple of huge blockbusters that really changed the game in Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind. Yeah, yeah. 
And then, uh, you know, of Mice and Men, Mr. Smith goes to Washington, stagecoach. But um, not enough volume in have that Have you year. ever heard of the play Moon Over Magnolia? No, I have not. It is a farce about the three men that wrote the screenplay for Gone with the Wind. Really? And I saw it in high school at the Dallas Theater Center, and it completely blew my mind at how funny it was. Because <laughs> like the whole play takes place inside of some Hollywood like producer's office, and it's these three fucking psychotic like New York Jews that like <laughs> who know nothing about the South and hardly anything about the Civil War and they just lock themselves in a room with gallons of popcorn and bananas and that's the whole play. Oh my god. It's, it's amazing. A, it's a bottle episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. The stage is just trash for popcorn and banana deals by the end of the thing. I don't remember anything else about it except for, yeah, that's it. Two more honorable mentions, and then we'll get on to the, the coup de grace. 1941, uh, How Green Was My Valley, The Maltese Falcon, perhaps the greatest noir piece ever made. Pretty great. Um, Dumbo, which has got some problems in hindsight. Man, <laughs> what is Tim Burton going to do? I have no clue. Do you think the crows are going to be modeled after Michael Jackson like Charlie was? like Or like Willy Wonka was? Ooh, I Anyway. <laughs> and then the film that has a lot of people divided, but you can't deny its influence, Citizen Kane. Yeah, man. Um, it's a great movie. Great year great year for film, but not 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 one of the best. Uh-huh. 1967 was really close to making it on in my top 6. Yeah. But it just got edged out by the rest of them. Um, great year, The Graduate. I believe you're trying to seduce me, Mrs. Robinson. Bonnie and Clyde. Guess who's coming to dinner mm-hmm. in the heat of the night? Mm-hmm. They call me Mr. Tibbs. You know, I've actually haven't seen a single one of the movies you've listed yet. Cool Hand Luke? No. Nope. What we have here is a failure to communicate. You know, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner was the headline of the Highland Park uh, uh, newspaper in 1994 when the first black person to ever bought property in that city. Highland Park, Texas, by Good the way. old Highland Park, baby. They put that in a newspaper <laughs> in oh the God. 90s. My body hurts. <laughs> home sweet home. And Dr. Doolittle. I'm not from Highland Park. No. Uh, Dr. Doolittle, also 1967. But all that leads up to this moment. Right. The moment that, I mean, man, it's... It's, it's, hard, hard. To, it's hard to argue with. It's hard to argue Nineteen ninety four. Shawshank Redemption. Yep. You either get busy living or you get busy dying. The Lion King. Oh. I remember I remember leaving the Lion King and turning to my mom and saying, I want to be in movies. It's I was six years old. It's unbelievable. It's such a good movie. Like it's it's a masterpiece. I think it's Disney's best movie. I think so too. Like, Correction. Yeah. I knew your father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else we got? Forrest Gump. I know you're not a big fan, but it's one of my favorite. I like cheese, but cheese is easy. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it's fantastic. I think Jenny was a total gutter tramp who took advantage of Forrest. She? Anyway. That's true. She raped him, and nobody talks about it. Yep. She took advantage of him. Yes. Possibly gave him hep C or AIDS. We don't know. Yeah. Which one is it? How'd that woman die, Robert Zemeckis? Talk to us. 
Anyway, Dumb and Dumber. Fucking changed my life. <laughs> hey, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> <laughs> Clerks. Yes, that's another great movie. Don't pass this guy. He sucks. <laughs> hey, you suck. When <laughs> <laughs> they get that cat to shit in the cat box on the fucking counter, I'm like, how did you get a cat to do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but man, 1994, the one that really, it just sets it over the top. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, man. That's a, that's a masterpiece of a movie. Oh, it's out of this, out of this world. I've, I've seen Pulp Fiction on the big screen at the Inwood Theater in Dallas, Texas. And uh, I was in high school at the time. And I just remember feeling electricity throughout my entire body watching it the whole time mm. like on 35 mil, or like I think it was even 70 mil, no it was 35 big ass screen big ass old screen with Technicolor and just like on a beanbag chair in this like old theater in Dallas like huge sound system I, that movie is incredible on, in, on the big screen and a small screen on an airplane you can watch snippets of it you can watch the whole thing it is just incredible. I want to see it recut in order, just just for fun, not because I need it, but just for fun. Because I, I saw could. I could get into that. I saw this thing. Me and Andrea watched this thing called the Godfather Epic, uh, and it was eleven hours. And, and they took a, they took a lot of unused footage from Godfather Part Two about Don Corleone's um, young days in New York City. Yeah. What they did was they took a lot of that unused footage and they cut together. <laughs> Sequential in like in order from Don Corleone landing, which ended up with all the unused footage, it turns out to be like a 90 minute film on its own. Wow, yeah. So, as him, a little kid, yeah, uh, uh, Robert De Niro, okay, yeah, yeah. So, well, there's that there's that point where he's a little kid and he's quarantined, yeah, that's where it starts, okay, and then it moves into Robert De Niro moving into and eventually killing the guy in the white suit, yeah. And then, yeah, it's just, it's it's really cool. That's cool. Really, really cool to see it like that. And you want to see that as I kind of want to see, I want to see Pulp Fiction like that. Just I mean, to I, see it. There's, yeah, just to see it. Not that there's nothing wrong with Pulp Fiction as it is. I think it just might be fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't know. But that's not, that's 1994. That's hard and to I mean, say, man. Looking at these six years. I, om- I almost agree with the clickbait. You almost agree with the 1994? I mean, those are... It's really hard to a argue a bunch against. of masterpieces. It's yeah, and they're written like 1999 and 85. Those like those defined like pop culture, but I feel like those like 94 just really like those are all. First of all, none of those movies have sequels. No, yeah, you're right. Not oh, Clerks. Clerk. Well, fuck that. And Dumb and Dumber. Oh my god, I forgot. I Dumb completely and, forgot. I totally forgot that. Dumb and Dumber had a sequel and a prequel. And a prequel. Dumb and Dumberer. There's a trilogy of Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> There's a wow. Dumb and Dumberer. The trilogy. <laughs> the guy. I want to see that one cut together and sequential. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, the Lloyd character has that melted chocolate bar and accidentally <laughs> smears it all over the girl's bathroom and her dad, who's Bob Saget, walks into the bathroom and goes, He's shit! <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> it's <Bob> so juvenile, <laughs> but I still laugh when I think about it. 
1994, what a year, man. Yeah. What a killer year. I'm just going to be contrarian and say 1999 is the best, even though I know 1994 is the best. It's one of those situations where you're, you're not wrong. Yeah. Because 1999 could be the best. I think 1994 just meant the most in terms of what it did for film. Yeah. I, you know, Clerks, what it did for independent filmmaking, Pulp Fiction, right, what right. it did for Hollywood and right. acceptable narrative. Yes. Dumb and Dumber, what it did for slapstick comedy, uh, the Lion King, what just it did for storytelling. Yeah. Just, yeah just for storytelling. Like, that's just a great movie. Uh, Forrest Gump, what it did a lot for storytelling and acting, but also what it did for technology. Technology. There's a lot just of plugging him in with, LBJ and Kennedy. One of the one, one thing that's not talked about a whole lot is uh, the groundbreaking um, work with that feather. Yeah, that's all computer. Yeah, and and that was one of the first times that computer a uh, computer generated an image was used in a non animated uh, way, like in a non animated movie. God, that's so cool. It's pretty cool. Like you then, watch it now and you're like, yeah, it looks like a computer did it, but it yeah. still looks good. I don't know. And then there's the Shawshank. Yeah, which is just great. So, I mean, in 1999, I mean, you're looking at Fight Club and Iron Giant, Green Mile, Matrix. I mean, God, you're not wrong. I'm going with 94. All right. And you're going with 99? Yeah. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. House divided. House divided. But damn it, we're going to have this house going to be watching some good movies. I'll tell you what. I also, oh. It actually happened. Yes. Somebody sent in a question we to got the a, pod. We got a question sent in. Oh. Finally. Keep up with this person's uh, uh, example. Okay. Send us questions at the Matt on Matt podcast. At, wait, what is it? Matt on Matt pod at gmail.com. There you go. Tom, longtime listener from Garland, Texas. Mm-hmm. Hi, Matt on Matt. <laughs> First time caller. In quotations, he put emailer. Long-time listener uh, said, I lost my Marleys. This is about earbuds. I lost my Marleys on a recent trip. They probably fell out of my pocket on an airplane. I loved my Marleys. They had great sound, looked cool with the natural wood, and helped me represent my Rastafarian heritage. He's sure. Yeah, okay. I'm sure he's joking. Gotcha there, bud. Um, Tom. Okay. <laughs> He says, okay, maybe not the last part. (laughs) But they served me well for over five years. As New Yorkers, I'm sure you have to wear the headphones all the time on the train and such so people don't come at you, which is true. Yeah. Especially in in your case. Yeah, I'll keep my headphones on even if I'm not listening to anything. Headphones and sunglasses. I will keep them on. I don't care. Um, I wear them uh, when I travel and when I take walks and sometimes for conference calls for work. What do we got for Tom from Garland, Texas? I feel like I'm not going to give the the best advice in this in this arena because mm-hmm. I don't be, because as a New Yorker, I think that headphones are uh, basically like toilet paper. Once you run out, you just got to <laughs> replace them. Uh, <laughs> uh, I disagree, but we'll get to me. You and go I first. store them in my anus. Uh, but um, uh, no, uh, uh, we. I always, I don't know, I don't know what it is, I don't know if I have like a metal plate in my head that I'm unaware of, but uh, headphones tend to short out on me all the time, like Mm. the left ear in particular will always just go away, I don't know why, 
I have no, <laughs> I have no, there's just, that's just the way it is. You got things a lot of never, water coming out of things your Things will never be the same. That's really what I think it might be. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what what I do is I literally just use I go to Best Buy and get the seven ninety nine Skull candies because it's got those rubber inserts that like form conform to the size of your ears. Mm-hmm. I'm currently using Apple headphones. I don't know even though that even though they suck, um, I'm gonna replace them pretty soon. Uh, that's basically my two cents. Like I think I, I'm not a big believer in spending a whole bunch of money on headphones except for like. Like you know, at, at home use, like I'll, yeah. like like for my like my vinyl player, I've got some Audio Technicas that I'll plug in sometimes, or and, and I u- also use those to record our uh, theme song. Like I've got nice headphones for recording music and listening to vinyl, but like, but just for walking around, I get cheapies, man. And I find that the 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 Skull Candies have a nice low. They have a low enough end to where I can listen to I can like listen to Kendrick Lamar, you know, and like get that yeah. get that bass bumping, but. But I'm also once they eventually inevitably break, I don't feel too hung up about it because they were only eight bucks. I don't know. I've spent thirty dollars on headphones too many times in the city to ever spend any more money than that ever again. So I hear you and I appreciate you and I'm gonna let you finish. I, but I Beats finished. made some of the best headphones of all time. Okay. Beats made some of the best headphones of all time. You wanna do Beats? Tom. You're going to recommend Beats? I'm going to recommend Beats. I'm going to recommend that you go for it, dude. Go for like, it, man. Like, go for it. You're on, a, you're on an airplane? you got to drown out that noise. you got to block that noise out. Go and go to Best Buy and get you the studio Beats. Get you the stuff that Dr. Dre and Jimmy <laughs> Iovine use in the studio. Go hard or go home, Tom. You know, that's actually probably not terrible advice, given that you live in Garland, Texas, and you're not using headphones as often as yeah. we might we use them a ton i mean i use them a ton so it's just like i don't it's i also, inevitably wear them out I it's a hell of a it's a hell of a status symbol that's true got me some beats baby yeah 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 damn right yeah so tom hope you liked it yeah hope that thanks. was hope that was okay advice <laughs> thanks for uh thanks for emailing us yeah, thanks for great. listening thanks for being a fan thanks for supporting us we really appreciate it, Tom, honestly, from the bottom of our hearts. Um, but you know who we don't appreciate? Who? Don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. Rhett and Link, you motherfuckers were on Hot Ones this week, and you talked shit about Whataburger. You said that Texas has so much good culinary culture ahead of it, and that why is Whataburger leading the pack? Whataburger is leading the pack because it is the best when you are drunk. (laughs) (laughs) And the burgers are huge. The burgers are huge. The fries are delicious. They're greasy. They come wrapped in paper. Can we talk about the ketchup? Yes, the spicy ketchup. The spicy ketchup. The spicy ketchup and the fancy ketchup. Oh, they have fancy ketchup, too. Yes. Mm. Oh, my. They're condiments. They're mustard. Oh, yeah, I'm still fucking... We still have uh, Whataburger mustard. Oh yeah, at my house, Shay got all the like my, my roommate got all this, um, all these goodies. My mom sent us a Whataburger care package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he got. That's what he got. Yes. <laughs> we but we burned through that spicy ketchup like boom. It was just like <laughs> eggs, sandwich, <laughs> hot dog. I'm buying hot dog. I never eat hot dogs, but I just want to eat this fucking ketchup. Oh, they sell their hun- <laughs> the, um, the honey butter too. Oh. 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 Dip that in the honey butter. Oh, oh my god, I have a boner. 
Rhett and Link. Rhett and Link. How dare you, Rhett and Link, your fucking YouTube shill ass. You, 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 you look like, you look like, like a a 12-year-old girl's anime drawing of their ideal man-looking motherfuckers with your stupid hair and your fucking fake, uh, your fake contacts. Nobody's eyes are that blue. <laughs> I can't tell who's who. I don't know which one's Rhett, which one's Leak. I just know that you show up on a few of my favorite podcasts every now and then, and now you're throwing this hammer down. Don't at me, bro. Ooh. Look for me in in my mention, in your mentions, dummy. Were you dummies? What, uh, what about you? Who are you don't at me? Don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. This don't is at a you. Throwback. Oh yeah. But it's just throwing it back. I'm throwing it back. Don't at me, Fred Durst. Fred Durst with your stupid backwards red Yankee cap. Is it just one of those days? It's just one of those days when you gotta go back to your childhood and think about things that you're embarrassed that you listened to when you were in the sixth grade. Oh, man. Fred Durst can't rhyme, can't sing, can't wear his pants at his waist, can't wear a Yankee hat that's the correct color. (laughs) Oh, Fred Durst is the living example of why the late 90s was a horrible time for humans. Holy crap, holy. The thing that gets me is that like I associate that music with uh with uh with with, with childhood? <laughs> like ch- like like childishness? Give me something to break. Give, like like No, it was really popular with adults. Yeah. Who are now like <laughs> lawyers and doctors yeah, and, and raising children, and teachers, <laughs> like like you were how old and you heard that and thought it was good? Oh my god! Like, give like, us a at pass. Least I was in fifth grade when right. I thought that. We were shit in was fifth dope. grade when Chocolate Starfish came out. Oh, and, or chocolate? What was it? Chocolate Starfish hot and the hot dog flavored water. That's what it was. Where in one song he rhymed the word shit with the word shit. Yes, he did. True wordsmith there, Freddie. Oh my god! You know he hosts a jazz night in L.A. Well, of course he does. And because jazz sucks. And he also has said that he wished that he was born a woman. Because then he would be able to act on his the way he feels about men. That's a quote. You can Google that shit. You can just be gay. Or just be yourself, buddy. You don't need yeah. that. Who needs labels, yeah. Freddy? You don't it's 2018. It's 2018. Write a song that doesn't suck, please. Yeah, come on. Like like I say to jazz musicians, just play the right notes. Play the right notes. I don't get it. Jazz sucks. Jazz sucks. <laughs> come don't on. Add. Don't come on, John Coltrane. <laughs> No, now we're doing, now we're adding John Coltrane. Just play the right notes. <laughs> Just count to four and figure it out. <laughs> Keep it in C. What God damn it! What are you What is this F sharp business? <laughs> oh, Fred Durst! Don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. Oh, oh. all right, baby. Well, that's it. That's it. I'm Matt. I'm Matt. And that's what matters to us. Adios, fuckers. <laughs>